0: Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Warrior Talk. This is Sean. And this is Matt. And we are super glad to have you with us. It's kind of an exciting week for both
1: of us, Matt. Um, tell me about yours. It was good. Uh, we, I say we, I mean me and, and my wife, we officially announced that we are pregnant. Congratulations. Yep. Uh, it's going to be an exciting time because we both coach basketball. Right. So we're... She's gonna be pregnant throughout the entire season, and she'll be coaching eighth grade uh, girls here at Danville. And basically her season leads up right up to the due date, which is March eleventh. And that kind of it that's the postseason for the boys team at the high school. That is literally the day after regionals. Wow, if we win. Right, win our sectional, so it's going to be a sectional baby, possibly. We're super excited.
0: And I mean, even you think about uh, just the other basketball that's going on in the month
1: of March. Oh yeah, March Madness. Yes, it's going to be a really, really exciting time for everybody.
0: Very cool. So for me, uh, I have never, ever in my life owned a dog, and my wife finally said yes. Yes. So drove up to the horrible state of Michigan and (laughs) brought a corgi
1: dog home her name is scout and we are pumped she is super adorable yes she's awesome my wife could barely put her down so that's awesome happy for you yeah so exciting times for us uh in our neck of
0: the woods hopefully you guys are having some great weeks as well let's just jump straight
1: into it with our recap of danville sports from this last week So, kicking it off, Girls Golf, they got a win in a uh, three-way match against Tri-West and University on Tuesday. We were unfortunately not able to get the results from their Thursday match or their conference uh, meet yesterday. Hopefully we can have those for you next week. But tennis, uh, kind of a rough week. Dropped both their matches this week against Western Boone and Covenant Christian. Uh, Although I will highlight, uh, he's the guy, he's the kid I get my information from, but uh, Brody O'Brien, the number three singles, won both of his matches, so happy for him. Well done, Brody. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Cross Country uh, did very well. They were at Ben Davis last Saturday. We had two very good finishes where Sam Comer finished fifth and Jackson Swisher finished seventh, so congratulations to them. So, boys soccer, on Tuesday night, we had matches against
0: Plainfield. Both the JV and varsity dropped those. And then uh, Thursday night, JV soccer played a game against McCutcheon and uh, lost that match. And then on Saturday, uh, Danville's uh, varsity boys got back into it. The Sagamore Conference had a game against North Montgomery and came away with a 4-1 victory. Girls Soccer uh, continues just building on all of their success with a 9-0 win against Crawfordsville.
1: Maddie Deckard with six goals in the Crawfordsville game. She's a scoring machine. Correct. If you do recall, the very first episode of this podcast,
0: I believe we highlighted her and said that she will probably break every Danville scoring record. Uh, Also, for the Girls Soccer, uh, they had a win 2-1, against Webo, and then I believe I am seeing that number correct, uh, an 18-0 to 0 win against Indianapolis Northwest. Their JV squad uh, had a win against Crawfordsville. They lost against Webo and then uh, lost twice this past weekend in their tournament.
1: I would like to highlight, uh, little, very close to my heart, my niece, okay. Sidney Thurston, On the JV game uh, against Crawfordsville, she had a hat trick. She scored three goals in the JV game against Crawfordsville, so I'm very happy very proud of her. So jumping into the volleyball, Varsity had a tough week. They uh, faced their first form of adversity this week, dropping their match uh, against conference team Western Boone, and then following it up with another loss against McCutcheon in straight sets, but I was at that match. McCutcheon is... They were really, really good. Uh, Danville fought hard for two of those matches, kept it very close. So no shame there. But what I like even more is yesterday on Saturday, they came right back, went undefeated in their uh, Lafayette Harrison invite and came out victorious uh, there. Uh, The JV team... Uh were up and down. Uh, they also dropped their match against Weibo, um, but came back and won a very thrilling match against McCutcheon uh, in three sets. Dropped the first one, but came back and won the, the next two, so that was a lot of fun to watch. And then they were in a kind of de facto conference uh, tournament on Saturday over at South Montgomery and placed third, so very happy for the JV team. The freshman team... You know, Weibo obviously is doing something right over there. The, the freshman team dropped their match against Western Boone as well. Lost, it, lost uh, the match against McCutcheon, and then went 1-2 and two and finished fifth overall over at Buff. That brought us into Friday night, uh, the football game. Sean, I know neither one of us were able to make it to Crawfordsville but I think we both knew what was going to happen. Crawfordsville is right. having one of those years. It's, it's a struggle, but Danville did what a good team is supposed to do. They came out uh, right out of the gates, right. jumped on them early. We were following it on Twitter. Yeah, they were up twenty-one nothing. I think at the end of the first quarter. Yeah, and just, I, I
0: peeked over at halftime. I believe that it was a forty-zero uh, lead at that point. Yeah, I was really so, proud of the boys for that. Yeah,
1: finished that. Finished up fifty-eight to fourteen. So really happy for the varsity team, and my wife and I were actually able to go uh, to the high school on Saturday and watch the JV play, and they, they followed in the varsity's footsteps, um, just a dominating performance. Mm-hmm. We had some other stuff to do, so we kind of left at halftime, but the halftime score was 44-6. to I mean, that... They're doing something right, and yeah. it's, it's trickling down. I think all the confidence the JV guys see from right. the varsity is trickling down. They understand if they just do what the coaches are asking, that success will follow.
0: Yeah, and this is something that uh, I don't think you and I plan on talking about, but I was in Ellis Park, uh, I believe it was Thursday night, and I was walking and saw Pee Wee League uh, practice. And just watching even these uh, first-grade boys and their practice. I mean, they're, they're hitting hard. Uh, there's passion already brewing uh, with that team. Uh, the boys were excited about running up the big hill by the, by the basketball court. Uh, you yeah, there's just something, uh, I think, contagious going on right now in Danville, especially when it comes to football. Uh, and, and we just got to credit Coach Casey Woods on that. I mean, just really, he's got his mindset on what he wants his program to be. And I believe that we are seeing that kind of trickle down uh, even into our Pee Wee Leagues.
1: Oh, absolutely. And it's just not football. I mean, volleyball has their Volley Digs right. uh, program. And I think the it's starting to bear fruit now. Yeah, you, you can see it start. it doesn't just start when they're freshmen, when they get into high school. It starts when they're, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade, building that base of fundamentals and and just building on that, the confidence they're familiar with the coaches and it's everywhere. Well, even
0: even in the soccer, uh, rec leagues, uh, we've had people from there reaching out to the coaching staff, trying to figure out, you know, how can we build, how can we build this? And, uh, it's pretty exciting. If you come to one of our soccer games uh, for the boys, You'll see at the JV matches that there are always uh, our rec league players that are ball boying, ball girling, and uh, just exciting to see them plugged in, excited about what we're doing as a program. So you're right, you're right. It is not just a football issue; it's a whole town of Danville uh, youth leagues just getting excited about what uh, what's going on. So we're going to jump into next week's schedule. What do we got going on Monday, Sean? On Monday, September the 11th, uh, we have boys tennis at home, 5 p.m. against South Putnam.
1: Girls golf uh, is at Mooresville uh, at 5 p.m. I believe you said that is senior night. It it looks like, based on the schedule, I know we'll get into it on Saturday, they have sectionals coming up on the following Saturday. So, yeah, I believe that's their senior night.
0: Then boys soccer is also home against Western Boone. We've had a schedule shift. Uh, The boys varsity will begin at 5.30 with a 40-minute uh, half for the JV
1: uh, around 7 o'clock. Uh, on Tuesday nights, uh, the boys' tennis team is back in action, but they'll be traveling to Crawfordsville. That will start at 5.30. Uh, the only other action that night is uh, volleyball. All three teams will be in action, freshman JV and varsity. The freshman will be at 5.30 in the auxiliary gym against Brownsburg, where the JV will also be playing at the same time in the main gym against Monrovia with the varsity to follow. Then on
0: Thursday, uh, no games on Wednesday the 13th and Thursday, September 14th, my birthday. Yo! Uh, We have boys tennis at home at 5 p.m. against Lebanon. Uh, Girls volleyball JV is at Covenant Christian at 5 p.m. And then uh, girls at home against Cascade at 5.30. And then at 6.30 we have the varsity uh, girls volleyball team playing again there at Covenant Christian. And then 7 uh, p.m. is what the schedule says. I actually believe that that game starts at 5.30 for the boys varsity at Cascade. So you might want to double check. Pretty sure it's 5.30
1: start, even though the schedule says 7. And that kind of leads us into the big game on Friday night, the football game, uh, the Triville game, as it is known, Battle for the Helmet. Um, Tri-West, you know, Danville's having to travel over there this year. Uh Talk to me about this. All right, so I'm not
0: from Danville, from Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, definitely understand what a rivalry is. My alma mater, uh, Colerain High School, uh, has a couple different rivals. LaSalle is one of those. It's a Catholic school in Cincinnati. We're just down the street from them. I mean, it's really one of those smash-mouth games. Is that kind of what Danville Tri-West
1: is when it comes to football? When it comes to football, yes, because all these kids, they know each other. You know, they're only 10 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go to the same place. They hang, I mean, they, they it, it could be family right. for all we know. But I, I think it's a little more than that, uh, especially the past couple of years. Um, the quarterback, um, Toby Hyland, his dad used to coach at Tri-West, played at Tri-West. Yeah. So there's that little bit of... Added extra. Right. Uh, Tri-West has won state championships in the past. Danville has, ha- has a rich tradition in football. Right. Uh, don't have the state championships that Tri-West does, but always very good. And I think the rivalry has been kind of back and forth uh-huh. uh, in the past 10 years. Um, it's, it's a big game, yeah. no matter what the records are. Um, was this a
0: big game even for you
1: when you were in high school? Yes, absolutely. Uh, growing up, we had a good football team, but the team we could never beat was Tri West. Even in middle school, right? Uh, we, you know, my freshman sophomore year, you know, the classes above us were really good. They they kind of handled Tri West. So by the time I was a junior senior, it was like it was kind of like our turn, right? But it never happened. So it, it was kind of one of those disappointing feelings that you know we had, but. You know, the year after I graduated, Tri-West was really good there. I mean, state championship caliber team right. uh, in 2A. Danville went into their place and upset them on the very last play. I remember being there. Wow. I came home just for that game. And we have games like that. But, yeah, this is this is a big game no matter what. I mean, Danville's probably going to be favored, but it doesn't matter. TriWest, west no. I think, has a, still a very stout defense. Right. Uh, well, they, I'm pretty sure that they had a very competitive game this last Friday night. Yes, they went to overtime against Western Boone. Western Boone pulled it out. Mm-hmm. It was actually high scoring for for the two. I think their two offenses have been struggling this mm-hmm. year, but they they knew the defenses would be okay. Right. So I think this is a, this will be a good test for Danville. Uh, like I said, it, there's going to be a lot of trash talking out on the field. I can yeah. already I can already tell. It always happens, no matter what the sport is. I don't, right. I think, but this is this is going to be a really nice test for Danville, going into a very hostile environment. I mean, it's going to try West. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, this this could very well be one of those first road games for Danville. I mean, I know that they went on the road against Crawfordsville, but everybody kind of had this feeling of what Danville should go out and be able to do. Uh, it's an interesting idea because you're saying that this is a test. Um, but this did not have some of that same buildup that Lebanon had, where Lebanon came in, stout team, uh, huge victories coming into that game, highly ranked in Class 4A, uh, where it seems like this, like you said, this is one of those sneaky games. Yes,
1: this is a game where Dambo can't get complacent. I think they won't because it is Tri-West. Right. They don't want to be that team that is that lets down, you right. know, drops their guard a little bit. Say, uh, eh, Tri-West isn't very good this year or something like that. Right. They're they're going to be focused and I think Casey and the coaching staff is going to keep them that way the entire week. They're not going to let them overlook Tri-West, right. which I don't think they would have anyway because right. like we said, it's a rivalry game. They they want to put it to Tri-West. Right. So I can't wait. I think you and I both are going to be there for yep. Friday night, so it, it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, come find us. Tell us about the podcast.
1: <laughs> Tell us what you think. Uh, love, love the
0: interaction. All right, moving back on to our schedule. Saturday, um, I'm just looking at 9 a.m. starts for the boys tennis at a Frankfurt invite. Uh, I like when you say invite. Yeah. I really struggle with the uh, full word <laughs> of that. Cross Country's got an Avon invite. Uh, that is at Avon at 9 a.m. Uh, 9 a.m. Volleyball JV at Covenant
1: Christian Invite. Uh, volleyball varsity has a Hendricks regional county tournament yes their county tournament will start at nine i'm not 100 sure on the location of that yeah but uh it's going to be it should be very competitive i mean Danville's has already played playing field this year went right. to five sets avon is a state contender right. every year right. brownsburg still very very good I, it it should be a really competitive t- county tournament for the volleyball
0: team. Then at 10 a.m., girls' golf sectional match, and then 10 a.m. also, the boys' uh, JV football team will be at home against Tri-West, and then at 1 p.m., uh, pretty excited about this, there's a uh, Danville invite for the JV squad. Uh, right now, I believe, is Danville, Tri-West, Crawfordsville, and we're still trying to find fourteen. so that'd be a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool event. Um, Mr. Regacious was kind enough to buy a trophy for that event, so Absolutely. I got I got a chance to see that. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool for uh, just just for a JV squad uh, to be able to see some hardware
1: to kind of yes. work towards. Yeah, it, JV it, it, it's it's a hard job if that's what you want to call it. Because, like you said, they don't have a state tournament to look forward to at the end of the year. So, it's, it, it's not – they don't – I'm trying – I'm saying this very, very poorly. That's all right. But it's it's not a glorious job. To be a JV coach. J, no, 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 JV player. A I'm JV a, player. So from a player's yes. point of view. Yes. It, it's hard to be a JV coach, freshman coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But – from the player's point of view it's like you, you're working you, you want to try to break through and you right. know dress varsity or right. even pl- get some varsity minutes and stuff like that and if that doesn't happen it's hard to stay motivated it right. really is but to see, like you said to see kind of something to build towards right. you know you got that tournament you see that trophy and it's like man we got to bring this home so, Right. yeah no i totally agree
0: tell me tell me about i mean maybe maybe help our listeners understand the mindset of jv in a high school
1: setting it oh man i that was me for basically two years like I, I can only draw from my experience as a jv player i was strictly jv my sophomore year i'm talking basketball here so strictly jv but it doesn't really year. matter what sport we're no, talking about it really about. doesn't uh and then my junior year i i started started out jv and i was Dressing varsity you know and then i broke into you know playing quite a bit of varsity even started started like five or six games my junior year mm-hmm. and then by the end of the year i was back down to splitting time right between jv and varsity it it's a roller coaster it, it's quote anchorman roller coaster of emotions right you know what i mean it's and if you don't have a good mindset going into it it's very hard right it's very very hard you you kind of get this well why aren't why aren't i playing varsity or why is this guy dressing and not me right or, or you kind of get that very kind of give up right about three-fourths away through right. the season you're like well we don't, we don't have a state tournament. What, I mean, what right. am I building for? You kind of just give up on the season. It's hard to stay motivated. And that's why it's very, very hard to be a JV coach. Right. Because you've got to keep these kids motivated, and you've got to be like, hey, you're going to be up there next year. Right. 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 So that's what you're trying. You got to impress the coaches, and you got to right. you got to stay motivated. It, it's hard. It's so you hard. think like a
0: varsity squad, varsity player, varsity coach. Um, the goal, the goal is always ultimate, the state. Yep. You know, you want to win state. You want you want to be able to compete on the highest stage for the highest level. Um, you know, and then you just kind of start drawing your your goals backwards from there. What well, we want to we got to do regionals. We got to win a sectional. We've got to win our conference. Um, what, what are the goals for
1: a JV, a JV squad, a JV player, a JV coach? I I think you got to start maybe with conference because you're going to play all your conference teams more times than not, right? Uh, and I I I take this to the freshman level because I'm a freshman basketball coach and I I tell those guys I I want to be undefeated in conference like I want to win every conference game that we play, and then we have a tournament at the end of the year. You you just got to find pick and choose. You know, we used to be – we're kind of middle-of-the-road school, so size-wise. Right. So you kind of – you want to point out a few games maybe on your schedule, be like, hey, guys, th- we we can win these games. Right. Like, if you're playing big schools, if you're playing the McCutcheons of the world, you know, right. you got your in-county teams, you got Plainfield, Brownsburg, Avon, those big, big schools. It's like, guys, we need to win these games. I think you got to point to those and just, you know, kind of – Gear up for those. Right. I know in my freshman uh, schedule we play Brebuff, always very good. We play McCutcheon, we play Martinsville, right. Avon Plainfield, Brownsburg. We play these bigger schools, and these are the ones I try to get get my guys up for, right. and, and focused in on, because like it's just yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's because you're dealing with 14, 15, 16 year old kids. Right. And it, it's hard. It's Sometimes hard, it's hard you're even motivated. dealing with kids that that are new to a program. Yes. That are new to
0: a sport, even. Um, you know, for, for me, you know, my JV squad, we've got a couple guys that uh, have either never played soccer before or it's been a long time since they played a U6 or a U8. And so, you know, they're almost relearning or, or, or very, very well learning the sport for the very first time. And so... I totally agree with you on, you know, definitely highlighting some games. Uh, you know, we just got done talking about the football team. I think for all Danville sports, Tri-West is always on that list, yes. you know, of, of just wanting to compete, wanting to beat them. Uh, but I think more than just a game, I think I think trying to teach the player th- this is a long, this is a marathon. Yes. It's a four-year marathon if we get you as a freshman um you you might not get varsity right away but but we want to work hard to get you to that point yes and so sometimes uh you almost hate to say it but winning
1: takes a little bit of a back seat to the development it does and i i kind of go through this with my teams every year I, i tell them my first goal is to get you ready for the next level right and then the winning takes care of itself. Right. Don't get me wrong. I win right. and I'm very totally agree. I'm very competitive. Totally agree. But if I if I don't get you ready for the next level, I'm not doing my job correctly. So I, I think the player has to understand that. And it's hard because they're young. Right. They're kids. They want to win just as bad as you do. Right. Uh, actually, I take that back. I'll get back into that story here in a minute. But I think that's what parents have to realize as well is – yeah, you may lose a game here or there, but it's about the development of these kids, right. mentally, physically. You know, just kind of you know preparing them for what they're gonna face at even JV or varsity level. Right. And kind of the story I, early on in my coaching career, I I think it was my first or second year. We were in the locker room after a game one time, and I was talking to all the, the varsity and all the assistant coaches. I was like. Why do I want it more than the players do? Right. And they looked at me as like you're you're always gonna want it more than the players do. If you didn't you wouldn't be in coaching. Right. So I, I kinda took that to heart and I was like, I, I I never complained about them not wanting it more than me. I want them to at least want it as equal to right. me. At least show me that you care right about what you're doing. So And it's hard
0: because I think, you know, players don't They don't have the history that you do. Um, They don't have the maturity that you do. No, exactly. And that's certainly not a slam on a 14, 15, 16-year-old person. Um, And so you and I are older. We've developed a lot. I mean, we put a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, Any coach puts a lot of time into thinking game planning, uh evaluating is that is that how we really want to line up? If I line up this way, uh if I talk to this player in this manner, how's that gonna you know what I mean? So like mm. you I mean we're just always thinking of so many different angles. Yes. Um that a high school athlete typically does not. And so it would be easy to miss, misjudge the passion
1: yeah. On that. Yeah, it's it's definitely a it's a balancing act as a coach because some kids are going to react to you one way some kids are going to react to you a completely different way i i've noticed that like i used to get on the entire team the same way like each but then i realized well some kids are okay with you being in their face and you know they're they're gonna listen to you and they're gonna be like okay that's fine and then some kids don't react to it very well right and you got to Think about other ways of getting your message across, and I always tell my teams like, hey, I'm I'm gonna yell at you right. at some point during the season. I'm gonna yell at you. What you have to try to do is don't listen to the tone in which I'm yelling at you. Listen to the message and try, what I'm trying to get across. Right. So
0: that is hard. It's hard. It's, and I it's think, like I said, it's a balancing act. Yeah, I think I've not gotten that until year number three, and just really understanding that 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 is there are so many different ways to motivate a player and each way or or each player has a different method right it is it is hard
1: cool all right anything else you want to add on that conversation no that was good i like that a lot uh, i think it'll give our listeners a, a little bit of insight into what a coach goes to i know there's a there's a group out there that listens to us that are coaches and they might be nodding their head right now so <laughs> yeah hopefully that is the case
0: all right, well, let's move on. Uh, just take a look at the national sporting uh, landscape. Uh, probably probably got to start with college football, and since I'm the one talking <laughs> right now, I probably should just just, just rip the Band-Aid off. Golly, the Buckeyes just blew it. And um, I don't know if you watched the game. I don't know how late you might have watched the game. I mean, the first half... I mean, Oklahoma should have just smoked them in the first half. I mean, just a couple bad plays, uh, a couple drop pass. I mean, it's just very irritating to see what what you would ex- what you would expect out of an Urban Meyer team on a national spotlight game, first home game of the season, knowing that Oklahoma was going to come in hell bent on beating you yes. after what they did to uh, the Sooners last year, and it just didn't seem like the guys were prepared. And I think, I think that Urban's gonna have a hard decision.
1: Of what does he do with JT Barrett? Right. And I I don't, I don't think I think he's gonna give him another game. Yeah. Because, let's, let's not kid ourselves. Oklahoma's a good team. Agreed. They're a very good team, and JT Barrett is, he's been there forever. It seems like at this point. I don't think you can. I think some of this is actually going to go back on Kevin Wilson. Really? As far as the offense is concerned. Brand new offense coordinator. You know, he had a lot of success at Indiana offensively. Yeah. So, I think, now, I don't think JT Barrett is the greatest of passers, but at the same time, I don't feel like he's gotten any better. No,
0: I agree with you. From year to year. Yeah, eight years into the program, you know, and he he still can't throw a slant. Yeah, and and, and it's almost like he's stopped himself from running. It, it's a weird it's a weird dynamic. As a Buckeye fan, uh, I'm irritated. Uh, you know, getting I got a lot of flack today, uh, Sunday got a lot of flack today on uh, just from tons of people that just want to rub it in. Uh, I actually made a wager. And I owe somebody 500 push-ups this week. Oh, no. So, uh, yeah, not, not really thrilled about the Buckeyes. I'll, I'll tell you this, and we don't want to bore our listeners to death on Ohio State football. This is, this is what I anticipate. What happened Saturday night? is going to do one of two things. It's either going to implode the team or it's going to explode them the rest of the season and they're going to be on fire. No one's going to get, catch up to them and they're going to blow through the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just feel like it's a one or the other kind of thing. There's no middle line in that. Uh, especially when uh, uh, whatever the quarterback's name is takes the stupid OU flag, plants it in the middle of Columbus. Yeah, game. that I mean, was
1: a little over the top. I love it. I I don't know. I love it. I'm even though even I'm not though it happened, even
0: though it ha- came on my field, I love it because one, it just shows the passion right. of college football, which you know we'll talk about the NFL in a second. But you saw no passion in the NFL, and you just never see it. Right. But there's
1: something. So there's something special about the college game. We don't need to keep talking about the Buckeyes. So, <laughs> hey, I'll I'll leave the the conversation on the Buckeyes here at this. It's only one loss. Yes. It's non-conference. Correct. And it's early in the season. Correct. Now, so, yo, I'm not sweating it. Yeah, Buckeyes, are, they, they are in, still in control of their own destiny. They lose to the Sparty. The whole thing's coming undone. Get rid of Urban. So, we'll leave that one there. We'll just kind of go through some, you know, the, the local teams here. Purdue got everything kicked off on Friday nights against Ohio. They uh, pulled it out 44-21. Um, they look good. Uh, home opener. Uh, a lot of renovations to Ross Same. Have you ever been to Ross Stadium? I have not. I want to. It, it, it's very. It's a good place to watch a football game. Went to Purdue. I hear, so. I hear there's a lot of open seats. <laughs> there probably is. There probably is. But I think uh, Coach Brom has that program in the right direction. You know, gave Louisville everything yep. they wanted the week before. Convincing win Friday night. Uh, They're not going to be an easy out. A year year.
0: ago, both of those schools, Ohio and Louisville, probably blow Purdue out of the water. Possibly. Uh, Absolutely. I'll tell you, uh, it was kind of a bummer. I wish this game was going to be one year later
1: to get a (laughs) chance to see uh, Mr. Alec Burton play. They very well could be playing next year. You never know. True. Very true. Uh, Then IU, my Hoosiers, they had a very nice win against Virginia at Virginia. So on the road, now, I'm not, hey, Virginia, yeah, I get this it. the same basketball. this this is they're not, you know Virginia of even five or six years ago. You know, I mean, Virginia was a little better back then. I get it, but to go on the road and get a Power 5 school win is yeah. still a good win. After okay. after a hard game against yeah. the Buckeyes. where They could have easily, you know, just... A lot yeah. of adrenaline going into that game. They had a lot of belief in themselves. Could have been a letdown. Correct. So I, I was very happy with that win. And then Notre Dame fans, sorry, I'm not a Notre Dame fan. Sorry, so, not sorry. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> They dropped a really tough one against Georgia in Notre Dame, in South Bend. Um, Don't feel sorry for you. Yeah, 20 to 19 was that score. Uh, Of all the SEC
0: teams, I feel like Georgia's the most palatable. Um, But honestly, (laughs) anybody beating Notre Dame, we're fine with that. Yeah, I'm good with that. All right, uh, NFL, do you have any NFL scores on you? Just anything you want to highlight? Uh,
1: Nothing necessarily to highlight. I mean, we'll, we might as well get into the Colts game. Colts fans, you're in for a long haul. That's all I'm going to say. That was rough to watch. This is a outsider's look <laughs> into what the Colts. I told you guys this last week when they tr- traded for Percet. Yep. Okay. Andrew Luck's health. Is should be totally up in the air. You have no idea when he's coming back. Right. it, you it probably, could be
0: next season.
1: Yeah, you may not see him all year, especially if they get off to oh oh and three o and four start. Right. There's no absolutely no reason for them to trot him out there. Yeah, to even risk it. No. So. Colts fans, this is going to be a rough one to swallow this year. So if you keep watching, more power to you. You are the true fans. For those of you, who, <laughs> for those of you who don't, I don't blame you. Yeah. All right. So I'll, I'll highlight that one. I'll highlight my guys. You know, the Eagles, they got off to a very nice start today. Right. Uh, getting a divisional win on the road against the Washington football team. We did watch that together. Yes, we did. I was very happy with that. I, I told you you could switch it to the Bengals game if you wanted. You decided not to. Well, when they lose 20-0, <laughs> to zero, Andy the Red Rock at
0: Dalton throwing four interceptions. Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah, it was, not, it was not worth doing that. Real quick, what, what – I mean, I'm from Cincinnati that makes me a bengal's fan. i mean right. like there's just no way around it. it's a curse. i can't break it
1: and so that's just my lot in life. why the eagles? um you're honestly, from indianapolis. i am yeah, honestly i never had a team growing up. i explained this to you earlier today. growing up, i my my very first like football team was the steelers. like I, that was my little league team. <laughs> okay? okay? so I, I enjoyed the steelers and this one cordell stewart was kind of like in his prime. You know, namesake and all, so yep. I kind of, I kind That's of just hilarious. drew myself to the Steelers yeah. early on, I but then I was down. like, eh. and I kind of followed the Colts, right. and then about middle school, freshman year, high school, the Eagles drafted Donovan McNabb, and I was like, man, I like this guy, so yeah. and it just kind of stuck. Yeah, it's, it's been there ever since, and I am not a bandwagon guy. They were, no. I mean, they were okay back then, but they've stuck. Let me ask ask you this question. This has
0: nothing to do with the NFL uh, per se. How many years do you need to be a fan of a team before you can no longer say I'm a bandwagoner, or or you know what I mean? Yeah, that that title removes itself. Uh, We're talking about you Cubs fans.
1: Yeah, they come out in droves. Um, I will give Cubs fans this. The diehards. No, no, no. We're not
0: talking about diehards.
1: Uh, yeah. Fair enough. Um, I don't know. That's a tough question. Um, How many years? What do you you need to go through? A
0: tragedy of the team? (laughs) I mean, like, two losing seasons? I mean, nobody's jumping on the bandwagon of the Colts right now. right? Right. So, like, if somebody were just to freshly say, I think I want to pick the Colts as my team, and they make it through this season, and at the end of the next season, they go, we're still it. I mean, I don't know. I don't think that's a bandwagon.
1: See, I, I didn't get I the only team I follow that I feel like I got like kind of grandfathered into was the Hoosiers. You know, yeah. my, my parents were big Hoosier fans, a lot of my family was Hoosier fans. And that that's the only one. Everyone else, I mean, Pacers maybe just because Yeah. I, I was a hometown team. Indy. That's um. a hometown team. Baseball was tricky, you right, know, right. because living in Indiana, you have so many teams to choose from. Right. Uh Geographically, I was a huge Ken Griffey Jr. fan growing up, right. so I was a Seattle Mariners fan yeah. growing up. I think that's what happens. I think people <laughs> latch themselves to players more than teams, at least at a young age. Because I'll ask, I'll ask somebody who's like, "Who's your favorite team?" and yeah. I still get a lot of Cleveland or Golden State. Right, and it's, I don't think it's because the teams are really good that helps. But it's because they they like Kevin Durant re- or they like Stephen Curry or they like LeBron James. Yeah. So right, I don't so, know. So we're, we're I mean
0: we're we're completely off topic. Yeah. Sorry. No. 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 That's fine. I like this conversation. Um, when do you think the switch happened? When people started rooting for players over teams, and and, and this kind of ties in <clears throat> to the bandwagon thing. I started liking the Boston Red Sox. Uh, in the year I don't know what year it was I think it was 2004 yes when, which when they won their when first they won the World series. series yeah and I just I hated the Yankees I've always hated the Yankees and so watching that 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 playoff series and, and all of the storylines in that I just fell in love with this team I mean yeah. and the Reds have been worthless so to to just kind of grab a hold of this Red Sox team it was <clears throat> it was a very exciting time so when when does that I'm kind of bouncing around, Um but so when when can I no longer be a Red Sox bandwagoner? But also, I remember loving Johnny Damon, and yeah. then he went to the Yankees, and it was like, how do you do that? Like, and I quit liking him. I mean, it's like, I can't, I can't follow
1: you anymore. It, oh man, it's hard.
0: You get my question, Yeah, though.
1: I do. Um... You, you want to latch on to stories, I think, more than necessarily teams. Because even I was, as a Reds fan, I was pulling for the Cubs last year. Yeah. Like, I wanted to see that. I wanted to see history I don't happen. disagree with you on and that. And then I think that was the same case with the Red Sox there, maybe for you. And you said your hatred for the Yankees. Right. So was your latching on to the Red Sox more... Liking the Red Sox or hating the Yankees? I, th- I mean,
0: it turned into both, for okay. sure. For sure. It turned into both. Um, you know, it helps. that I think that year they also played the Cardinals in the World Series. I hate the Cardinals. I mean, maybe maybe like my love for them was birthed out of this massive hatred for these two right. teams. Um, but let me go back to the other question. Oh, I, I, I really struggle with rooting for players that leave my team and go somewhere else. Like Buckeyes. When Buckeyes get drafted by the Steelers,
1: I I, betray, I hate them. I just can't do it. Uh, I can't say that because, you know, I am a Pacer fan, so I follow college basketball probably a little, little more. Right. So, you know, when, oh, it's, I mean, it's great that Victor Oladipo is now a Pacer. Right. But you got Cody Zeller, he's out in Charlotte. Right. Uh... I got Eric Gordon down in Houston. Right. I I don't I don't hate those teams like so for me like a Pacer rival would be like the Bulls right now mm-hmm. for me at right. least. Right. I don't think I would hate anybody on the Bulls. Did you if follow, they were a Hoosier? Did you follow Reggie? Oh, I loved Reggie. Reggie Reg, Miller. If Reggie had left the Pacers and went to the Knicks. See, I, that, that's a hard question because I don't think Reggie Miller would ever have done that. Agreed, but let's just say, for argument's sake, he did. He did... It, it, if I was a kid, right. like back, if I was back in high school, maybe middle school, right. and that happened, I would have hated him. Right. Now that I'm a little older and understand the reasons why hmm. players leave, I don't think I would hate him nearly as much. Like Kevin Durant, I get it. I get it, too. I get it. And I think where people kind of lose themselves on players switching teams Mm -hmm. is for a long time, this is just my personal opinion, for a long time it was, why do these players, they're all about the money. Right. They just want to go to a team that will pay them a lot of money. They don't care about winning. Right. You know? I'll go to a bad team, be the best player on a bad team, make a lot of money. That's Hermelo. what I'm Okay? Right. Now, Kevin Durant leaves Oklahoma City to go win. Right. Everybody's killing him. Right. Okay? And I don't blame Kevin Durant. I don't blame the Golden State Warriors because the Warriors, A, their three best players before Kevin Durant got there were all drafted right. by the Warriors. Right. So they... So their front office deserves all the credit for drafting and developing these players in the, into the studs they are. Right. Then, they used the cap room they had to go get out the most sought, sought free agent. Right. You can't blame the Warriors. And, and I don't think anybody's ever faulted the Warriors. I don't no. Think I've, not heard but, one, I've never heard
0: one argument against the Warriors. But then,
1: you can't even blame Kevin Durant. He went to a situation where he was going to win. You know, it's funny because,
0: gosh, we really just hijacked this whole thing. I love uh, it. I don't care. I hate LeBron because of that. Really? But
1: I have zero issue with Kevin Durant. Zero. Yeah. Okay. Now, I have a problem with LeBron the first time he did it. Yeah. I don't, The yeah. heat thing bothered me. Um, notice when he went back to Cleveland, he already had an established player in Kyrie there. He did the same thing with the Heat. Dwayne right. Wade was already there, and I'm sh- those three were all great friends. They were all planning yeah. on getting together with Chris Bosh. Right. LeBron had so much power going back to Cleveland. He was going to get that third guy that he needed. He yeah. might as well be the general manager of that team. Right.
0: And and we can we can definitely dissect LeBron in the NBA uh, just in a couple months. Yes. So He'll be able to do that. But
1: as far as the player thing, I the NBA is kind of. I feel almost separate. Yeah, because it's more player driven. Right, just individual players. Where I agree with that. Agree football, with that. you don't necessarily latch on to players as much. You, yeah. la- you latch yourself to teams, college or pro. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. Like when Eagles. Yeah, that's true. So like when Donovan McNabb went to the Redskins for that short amount of time, I was like, so what? I, I, don't, I don't care. T- I'm I'm sticking with my guys, the Eagles over here. So, it I think it differs from sport to sport, but. Baseball is different. I think baseball, you can latch on to players more. Yeah, if you can latch on to anything. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right, back to the NFL. Just some highlight uh, scores. I mean, nobody, I think, was picking the Chiefs to beat the Patriots in the way that they did. Uh, Congrats, Chiefs. You may have sealed the coffin for the rest of the NFL, though. The last three (laughs) times the Patriots lost their their opener. Uh, They went on to win the Super Bowl. Other games, uh, I mean no surprise that the Steelers beat the Browns, although it's kind of surprising to see. The it was Browns only by three, yeah. uh,
1: I'm the, amazed that the Jets even scored. Uh, the only the only big game that the only game worth of note was the Packers Seahawks game. It was it was brutal to watch. I'm not gonna lie Boring. there. It was 3 nothing, I think, at halftime. Um, now, the one thing I was impressed by was the Packers' defense, and we talked about that last week when we did our predictions. Yeah, Like, is the Packers' defense going to be good enough to get this team over the hump? And they, they showed it. Yeah. But overall, just looking at scores and, you know, the big thing for me was the offenses. The offenses were... I would say lackluster at best. Overall, you know, you had a couple teams here and there do some pretty good things. I mean, even the only offense I thought that looked good up to this point was the Chiefs. Yeah. The Chiefs was the only offense I felt like just kind of just, you know, looked like they knew what they're doing. They looked
0: like they were in stride, which, yes. you know, we always...
1: Not we as
0: in, like, we've talked about this on our podcast, but we've talked about it... Personally, the preseason is such a joke. And it does yeah. nothing to prepare these guys uh, for this very first week. So, like, like when the Bengals lose 20 to nothing, you know, there's part of me that's like, you know, pun on the season now. It's over. But there's also this, like, I mean, we, we haven't even gotten the wheels turning.
1: Yeah, I think what's harder for you as a Bengals fan is it was a divisional game. So now you're behind the eight ball already. Agreed. So, it. I it, it was a rough week one. Hopefully yeah. the Cowboys and Giants are playing right now. It's not looking any better. Six total points, two field goals through pretty much the most of the first half. That's not looking any better. I'm hoping this the two Monday night games tomorrow will be a little better. But it, it's been a brutal week one. So. so looking ahead real quick at the next weeks of
0: NFL games, uh, you know, games of note be fun to see Bruce Arians come back to Indianapolis uh, for the Cardinals to face the Colts. Again, there would be nothing exciting about that game because both of those teams are dumpster fires right now, but just the You think Bruce line, Arians will
1: come coach the Colts maybe at some point? I can't imagine. Maybe like would, next week? I can't imagine he would come <laughs> back. Uh, gosh, that's another topic too. But Yeah, we can get in that later. That was a... Oh, cold maybe scenes. we can talk about
0: that. Uh, Patriots Saints. I don't know if that'll be interesting or I not. I think it will. I don't think it'll be a good game. Cowboys Broncos. Will Zeke be still on the Cowboys team on week number two? <laughs> do not know. And then maybe the highlight will be next Sunday night Packers versus the Falcons. Who do my Eagles play next week? I forget. Your Eagles have the Chiefs. All
1: right, so Andy Reid.
0: So we will see if the Eagles defense can slow down that high octane offense. By Mr. Alex Smith.
1: So, you know, kind of segueing into last week's poll question, we had who is the GOAT, greatest of all time, defensive player um, in NFL history. We got a little bit of feedback from it. Uh, I know um, on Twitter someone had put Ray Lewis, and he put no brainer no brainer Ray Lewis so huh. that was good and then someone came back to him and kind of was like no brainer what about uh Lawrence Taylor Ronnie Lott right so we got a little bit of feedback from him but I'm interested to hear who you have picked Sean
0: so uh not to give away your conversation but one of the things that we struggled with is looking at history versus what we have actually seen with our own eyes. Um, For me, I don't necessarily feel like this is a no-brainer like I did last week with Tom Brady. Um, But I feel like Lawrence Taylor is the greatest defensive player of all time. And uh, part of it goes back to when I was a kid playing Tecmo Super Bowl. When you (laughs) picked the Giants, I mean, you just knew LT was going to run around and destroy people. Looking at his stats, 1986 and maybe... Some of you guys were not born yet. Um, He had 20 and a half sacks that season. Uh, He had multiple seasons of double digit sacks 11 and a half in 1984, 1990, 10 and a half, 1988, uh, 15 and a half. Um, You just think about a game changer and you think about um, when, when you want a defensive greatest player of all time, who is somebody that the offensive coach coordinator is going to constantly be trying to get away from. Yep. Uh, we kind of knew that with Daryl Revis, uh, Revis, sorry. When, uh, when he was in his prime, uh, yeah, I, I remember watching, uh, you know, Chad Ochoacinco just unable to get anything going against him because Revis Island was, was one of the most amazing, uh, things that we've ever seen, but it was such short lived, uh, you know, LT, was dominant from 1981 to 1993. Uh, played uh, many seasons injured, hurt. Uh, I mean, gosh, the guy had such off-the-field issues. Yeah. But was still able to come out to compete uh, with tackles, with sacks, with interceptions, um, and just different things like that.
1: So I kind of went a different route with the question. I kind of put it in that box of, you know, my eye test, guys that I can recall playing, you know. So yeah. we're talking like 2000, we'll call it 2003 to now. So okay. like last 15 years. Okay. Guys I can really, you know, point to. And my, this is the kind of twofold. I think he was the greatest in this generation. And he was probably the most fun to watch for me. And I honestly am going to go with Troy Polamalu. Okay. I've never seen. I don't even have. I don't have stats in front of me yeah. to back this up. This is just strictly eye test. I've never seen a guy around, like, when you were playing the Steelers, right? And you talked about this. Someone you got a game plan for. You couldn't game plan for Troy Polamalu because you had no idea where he was going to be at any point in time. Agreed. But when that ball was ball in the air or on the ground, he was going to be near the ball. No, I agree. It, it 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 is unbelievable, and for his flowing locks, for you right. to not know where he's at is kind of. Well, he would he would line up on the defensive line sometimes, and yes. he would just
0: go, "What are you doing? Go away!"
1: He, yeah, he would read screens. He would time snaps. He'd be in the backfield. He would jump over the line, right. and get the quarterback before the quarterback even knew what hit him. Right. I mean, this guy, and. Do you think time will time will uh be favorable to him? It better be. I think he might be one of the most under underappreciated <laughs> defensive players of the modern era. And I think towards the end of his career, he he didn't show that flair like he did early in his career. So, he got kind of got lost a little bit, but you could tell when he retired that that Steeler defense was not even close to the same. Yeah, they were not that Super Bowl caliber, you know, steel curtain type defense that everyone was used to. And this because this does guy was hurt,
0: everywhere. Does that hurt Ray Lewis? Because when Ray Lewis retired, the Ravens defense still remained dominant. Still remained a, just a, a fierce competitor. I mean, you still had
1: Suggs. You had Ed Reed. Yeah, uh, I don't think it necessarily hurts Ray Lewis because I I still think Ray Lewis took that team to another level. Yeah. Like you could depend on that defense t- to get you to the playoffs and win you playoff games. Well, they won him a Super Bowl. Yes. And, and are people consider that one of the top 3 greatest defenses to ever play? Right. So I I struggled with this because Ray Lewis was right there. I I it was between Ray Lewis and Troy Polamalu. But I just gave it to Troy because, I mean, he played all three levels. He played on the line, like you said. Mm-hmm. He he played, you know, kind of linebacker coverage, and then he'd be a safety deep if he needed to. He right. played all three levels of defense, and he was effective at, at everything he did. I feel – I'm serious. I think he had the green light to do whatever he wanted on defense. You're probably right. I, I think the coaches were like, hey, you know what you're doing – you understand what the offense is trying to do. Right. Do what you want.
0: Well, Dick LeBeau left Pittsburgh, tried to coach the Bengals, and went, what, what am I doing? I'm going yeah. to come back and be the defensive
1: coordinator because that's one of the easiest jobs ever. So, yeah, I, defensive player was a little harder for me, honestly. Yeah. Because, like you said, you can go back. You know, we mentioned Ronnie Law, Lawrence Taylor. We didn't even mention Reggie White, like who you love. Correct. Uh, I mean, Deion Sanders. Yes. Uh, corners are hard because they are just one player, and they're just taking out one player. They can right. they can shut down one wide receiver, which is great, but as an offense, you're just going to be like, okay, I'm just not going to throw it to that side of the field. Right. Or I'm not going to throw it at him. Like I, I feel like you can get around really good corners where defensive linemen, linebackers, and even safeties, those are the guys you have to game plan for.
0: Yeah. Cool man. Well, this was a great episode. Uh, really enjoyed talking. I mean, about all of these different things. No, you want to keep rolling?
1: Whatever you think. I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. good. I I don't
0: even care. We can go extra long today. So, one of the topics that we wanted to talk about, um, and, and when we when we look back at the Buckeyes versus Oklahoma, uh, week one, I made a bet. I made a bet with somebody on uh, Ohio State beating Indiana. Took the points, and they won. Week two, I made another bet. Took the points, thinking, well, I've worked in the week number one. I've got to go ahead and do it again for week number two for my yep. team. And uh, thankfully, it, it didn't work out because I was not sure how I was going to continue to bet on the Buckeyes all season long. But as a fan, I'm a very superstitious guy. Most fans are. And... uh I, I don't know what's what's some of the craziest stuff that you've done superstition wise uh, for for one of your teams?
1: Honestly, it's really, you know, you kind of wear the same stuff for the game. you know, if you're sitting in the same the same chair or the same spot on the couch or shoot, you might be standing right for the to watch games. Uh, it as a fan, it, it it can get pretty crazy as far as what you'll do to make sure your your team is on the right track. You know, sometimes I won't watch. You yeah. know, what I, mean? I won't watch. Yeah. It's like, hey, they if I'm if I'm following it, you know, I'm gonna be late. I missed the first quarter or something like that. But they're doing well. Yeah. I I'll, I won't go home and watch. I'll just you know I'll, I won't watch.
0: No, I totally agree. Uh, growing up, any time that uh, my dad would record the Buckeyes, uh, they lost. And I said, quit recording that. I don't want to watch it because I'd rather my team win.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. So it, from the fans' point of view, it, it kind of does that. You might have the same tailgating traditions. You may fix the same kind of food yeah. every week. Uh, you may drink the same same you know beverage. beverage.
0: So in 2014, uh, when the Buckeyes won the national championship, they lost week number two. Uh, to Virginia Tech, and uh, I remember the next week uh, wearing a jersey and wearing a pair of uh, uh, Ohio State pajama pants, (laughs) and they won, and I wore that every
1: game. As you should have. Until they won the title. As you should have. I mean, it's... I'll never forget. I don't know if you've seen the movie Celtic Pride. I can't say I have. It it's with Dan Aykroyd. I know who you. I, okay, I you picture, know the movie. Yes, I can picture. Okay, you know the movie. So these picture. Boston, Celt- hardcore Boston Celtics fans, they're in the stands, you know, and they're playing playing another team, and their team starts losing, and you know these two guys are up so superstitious. They're telling fans on where to sit, like everybody switch, Right. all right, and then everybody move back. So they're trying all these different things. So there are people like that. I mean. You as Buckeye fans, you got those those two absolute crazy, crazy nuts. Yeah, yes. the guy with the cowboy hat yes. and the guy with the giant Buckeye necklace. Yes. So you know they literally are doing the same thing every week. Well, uh, all right. So hopefully my brother is not
0: listening to this. I don't know if I've ever told him this story, but so he's a Michigan Wolverine fan. And I'm a Ohio State Buckeye fan. And so we had, uh, growing up, uh, Michigan dominated the Buckeyes. It was just a pathetic showing. John Cooper, worst coach in the history of football. Uh, just, it was it was very hard. And so uh, every, every year for the game, uh, we were allowed to set up our couch side according to what we wanted to do. So I would have my Buckeye blanket, he would have his Wolverine blanket, we would sit on him. And my dad would sit in the middle and make sure that we didn't uh, you know, punch each other Killer in the face. Choice. So one year, I believe it was 1997, before my brother woke up, I put a Buckeye blanket underneath his side of the couch. He had no <laughs> idea. We won that game.
1: And I, there it was. I
0: credited it to the blanket. You can thank me. Uh, that is awesome. You can thank me for that later, Buckeyes. So superstition in sports. As a fan, yes. as
1: crazy, what was it like for you as a player? Well, you would, you would do some, I won't say crazy things, but athletes are creatures of habit. Yeah. They, they get in a routine, they want to do the same thing. I, I know as a basketball player in high school, during JV games or during the girls game, whatever game came before hours, my pre-game kind of ritual was to get a yellow Gatorade uh-huh. and a Snickers from the concession stand and that was what I would eat before every game right and that's what worked for me yeah during football I would have the same cut off undershirt underneath my pads yeah It, it was the same one did not differ I love this one shout out to my guy uh Tim Baldwin but and even Chad Sisk, I think he and another, I can't remember who else it was, started this tradition for the football team. It was, we would we would hail to the Ultimate Warrior. Nice. So if you don't know who the Ultimate Warrior is, he was a WWF wrestler back in the day. Nice. And we had there was a cut off, very ragged Ultimate Warrior T-shirt that got kind of passed down, and after every win, you would. You would bow. You right. Would bow to the warrior. And it, it kept going on and it kept going on. And it evolved into one of my buddies had one of those action figures, the wrestling action figures of yep. the Ultimate Warrior. And we put it up in the locker and we would do the yes. same thing. So that was a lot of fun. Even in football, like after games, we'd have the same soundtrack that we would play after every game. Right. If you go to a football game this year, the home game, that Alabama song, if you're going to play in Texas. Yeah that was the very first song you would hear in our locker room after the game. Wow. And it it went on from that to Red Red Wine to Yad Toast. To, <laughs> I mean, there is a plethora of songs that was on this soundtrack. Now, do they do it now? Probably not. Right. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of sad that it doesn't live on. But those were the kind of things that right. we would do. Um, yeah, is, I remember
0: listening to Enter Sandman before every football game my sweet disc band, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, trying not to skip it. Uh, yeah, as a player, for sure.
1: But I think one of the the sports, especially for athletes, that is most ripe with superstition is baseball. It has to be. Right. Those guys are nuts. Golf, maybe. Uh, maybe a little bit. I, I didn't see it. I'm a pretty avid golfer. Ugh. But I, I wouldn't call them superstitious per se, not not to the level of baseball, at least in my experience. I agree with you on
0: baseball. I agree with you on baseball. Baseball, like. like Major League kind of makes a like, great fun at that. Oh, yeah.
1: You, I mean, you got rally caps. Yeah. You have, there were certain guys, I know a lot of my friends played baseball in high school, and they would, they would they would never step on the chalk going out to the field, <laughs> the foul line. Right. They would. You'd have to jump over it. Right. Uh, uh, the, the one of the greatest ones, and even I think casual baseball fans know this one, it, is if there's a no hitter going. Yep. You don't talk about it. Right. You stay silent. Okay. And especially in the dugout, you know that pitcher is what you, I mean. Right. You want They're focus. in the right. zone. Right. You know this m- mythical spot that don't get me wrong trust me that's very real the zone is a real thing okay don't let anybody ever tell you otherwise that's a real thing but the catcher the coaches the, the other players they will they won't say a word right to that pitcher until it is it has been broken so that's one of my favorite ones is like you don't you don't talk about the no-no. He's got a no-no going. Shh, shh, shh. shh, shh, shh. Yeah, yeah. You just don't. Or it's talk when you're it.
0: watching a game and somebody says, "Well, he hasn't missed a field goal in the last." Oh, the announcers tries jinxes.
1: Like, oh, the announcers jinxes are the worst. I used to feel like
0: uh, when I would watch college game day, if Lee Corso picked your team, it was a
1: definite the, the death, death of, sentence. The kiss yes. of death. It's a. There are superstitions, whether you realize them or not, all over sports. So, I mean, is there anyone that you're kind of fond of?
0: In the superstitions? Yeah.
1: Like, ones you've heard of or anything like that? No, I mean, no. Nothing outside of the, uh, you know, wearing the clothes
0: or different things like that. Uh, No, I can't think of any. One of the
1: worst ones, I will say this, is if you don't wash something... until yes, you, you're right. that, you're that right. both in a football locker room and a basketball locker room. Football locker room is a lot bigger, so you can handle it a little more. Basketball locker room, not so much. Uh, and I'm
0: guilty of that, that whole ride through 2014. And that's like me as a grown man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I mean, I know like... Colin Cowherd tends to poke fun at at, you know fanboys and you know anybody that wear a jersey or anything like that. I'm like whatever, dude. (laughs) I don't care. I'm a fan. I love my team. That's why I kind of enjoy listening to Mike and Mike because you got Greeny who is the ultimate fan. Yes. And so you just get to hear some of his weird you know things
1: of that nature. So you got anything else to add?
0: I'm curious. I'm curious what you know. Some of our listeners, you know, greatest superstition stories are. Uh, would love to hear those on uh, our Facebook page. Uh, just share a story, um, something that's funny that we might highlight in our next episode.
1: Yeah, I, we won't do necessarily a poll question. More as a you know a topic for the fans to get to get into this week is yeah. Or do you know. think we're stupid? Yeah, I mean, like, are they, we crazy?
0: Like, like, there could be somebody out there going, you are the biggest idiots in the world to even care about superstitions. I mean, again, like, I love, I love, hate, you know, the beards, you know, when those things come yes, on. Yes, hockey
1: players. I totally forgot. Playoff beards. Yes. They, they, you have the playoff beards, and even the fans grow playoff beards for hockey, and it's, and it's great. It's epic. I love it.
0: I think what we just love about it, and and we can we don't need to continue to beat the dead horse, but it it makes us feel like we are a part of something bigger than ourselves, and I think that's what the superstition is. I mean, I mean yeah, I think you're. In all honesty, I don't think you or I have ever changed the outcome of a game. No way. But there, there's something about it where we feel like we were a part of the team, we were part of the experience, we felt like. We contributed to this thing that we love. I mean, I
1: think that's where the superstitions really matter. And I, and just kind of going back to the athlete point of view, it's like if you get in that routine and you're, and you may not call it superstition, you may call it routine. Yeah. But it gives you that comfort to where it's like, you know, if something bad happens, you're like it's because of what I did to where. Yeah. As if you're not wet, like that same yeah. undershirt. Yeah. Uh it's, I, I, love I, my I team didn't down. I, I didn't wear my lucky shirt this time, yeah. you know, underneath my pads and it it gives you kind of that just warm and fuzzy. Maybe I shouldn't ask this. Have you ever, have you ever felt that way as a coach? As a coach, um, no. I don't think I ever have. I I'm not nearly as superstitious as a coach yeah. now that I was as a player. You can't afford to be. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, you, you're after the game and you question every decision you made out there. Right. But right. as far as, you know, did I wear the right shoes? Did I have the right socks on? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, no, I'm, I don't feel
0: that way. Awesome. Well, we really would love to hear some of your stories. Um, again, just any kind of feedback, let us know. If you think we're way out of bounds. I mean I, I think Matt's kind of crazy with the Troy Palomalu, but <laughs> I do I do agree to some stance at some point like like there's there is something about just seeing it and not having to look at any stats to go he was a game changer. Every play. Yep. Every play.
1: He was gonna be around the ball every play. So yeah,
0: let us know. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, let us know maybe something you'd like for us to highlight in our next episode. Uh, hope to see you guys at the Tri-West game on Friday night. Please, please, please go out, support your warriors, uh, all over, uh, all over Danville, whether it is volleyball, tennis, cross
1: country, soccer, football. Um, I miss anything. Girls golf. Yeah. Anything and everything. I mean, like I said, girls golf has their senior night. If you can make it out there, um, if you do go to one of these matches and you get the results, again, tweet it into us. Find us on Facebook. Yeah, you know, just drop a score off for us. Let us know. That way, we're as accurate and as thorough as possible. Cool. Very cool. Well, thank you
0: guys again very much. Hope you guys have a great week.